Hello, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to another Quirks of Creation. I'm one of your hosts, Elise Malone, and with me is my favorite quack to my quirk, or maybe tonight it's quirk to my quack. I don't know. We'll find out. Jess Holmes. Hi, Jess. How's it going? Hey, it's going great. I'm so excited. We're finally doing this episode. Thank you guys so much for covering for me last week. Finally reclaimed my show after PJ tried to steal it from me last week. That's right. We kicked his butt out of here and we're back. (laughs) Back and better than ever. Ooh, I'm so hyped. Me too. I can't wait. So tonight, what are we doing? Tonight, we are talking about magnetic fields and ley lines. Basically, all these energies that are in the earth, what's going on with them, But before we get into that, I want to do a couple of quick shout outs. Huge shout out to our newest local subscriber, Grammy Got Game. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're getting together some new bonus content. So if you guys also want to join us and get a shout out on the show, be sure to go over to quirksofcreations.locals.com. And uh, we still have the coupon code FREEDOM in celebration of America's independence. So if you use that coupon code, you can join for one month free and check out some of that bonus content. Woohoo. Absolutely. Good stuff. And thanks, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to Lisa's mom. Kudos to my mom. (laughs) Love it. Uh, She finally decided we were worth it. She, she had to test it out for a little bit. She had to give us a few episodes to get our feet That's wet. Right, right. And then she's, she's like, like okay, I guess maybe I guess. they're going somewhere. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody, thank you for all the support and locals and just being here and doing this with us. And we're so excited to jump right back into it. We definitely are. And don't forget, at the end of the show, we will announce the winner of the Independence Day giveaway. So if you entered that contest, be sure to stick around. Honestly, be sure to stick around anyway, because this episode is going to be equal parts quirky as it is parts quacky. So it's going to be I'm all for it. I'm so excited. I'm excited. Uh, Just noticing some of our friends in the chat. Base Babe, I missed you too. I missed you guys. I had I was out on a secret ex- excursion last week. Hopefully soon I will be able to divulge what said excursion was. Yay. I definitely saw Abby Libby from Conspiracy Pilled. Those excursions may or may not be related. Hot maybe, tip. maybe not. Did you get her autograph? Uh, you know, I thought <laughs> about it, but you know, she's just like so up there. You know, I mean, I know. I would have been too nervous, like yeah. shaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's jump into it. So when I was approaching this episode, I, I was thinking about these things that people observe in the universe, right? We talk so much about unseen things. And I was thinking about unseen forces. And one of those primary forces I think about is magnetism. So just to get into the skinny of what magnetism is, magnetism is a force that is produced by a moving electrical charge. Basically, electricity and magnetism are two sides of the same coin, kind of like how when we did the Is the Universe Real episode, Mm -hmm. we talked about space and time being two sides of the same coin. The same thing is true about electricity and magnetism. So I think that's kind of cool. That's pretty awesome. I like that. Uh, Basically, magnetic fields are just electrical fields that have begun to move. So the force you get is equal parts electric force, magnetic force, 
and you get the combined force. This equation I'm showing right now is called the Lorenz equation. If you ever have to take physics, you would see this equation quite a lot, especially when you're talking about magnetic fields. So like the very sciencey definition is that the force acting on an electrically charged particle in a magnetic field depends on the magnitude of the charge, basically how strong the charge is, the velocity of the particle, basically how fast it's moving, and the actual strength of the magnetic field. So all kinds of like crazy sciencey stuff. But did you know you can make your own little magnet using the uh, electricity element? Oh, I don't think so. So I, I just want to show you guys this really quick because I think it's really cool. You can make your own little electromagnet <laughs> using copper wire and a battery. Awesome. So, it's so fun, too, because this is an experiment that I would like to do with students one day since I actually get to teach physics next year. Yay. Basically, the idea is that you wrap this coil around uh, an iron nail. It has to be iron because you want something that could be magnetic. And you'll place the wire on either sides of the battery. That way the battery is generating electrical charge all the way through the wire onto opposite sides. By creating that electrical charge, you create a magnetic field on the nail itself, making it magnetic. Nice. Ho, ho, ho. Cool. Hey, look at that. It. I Pretty like cool. it. That's awesome. Yeah. I think students would have a lot of fun with that, too. I think so, too. Yeah. I had a lot of fun looking into it, and I was like, I need to get the stuff to do that. That would be so fun. <laughs> Yay. Um, I'm definitely so doing that with my kids. <laughs> do it. Do it. Absolutely do it. I'm all for at-home science. I was homeschooled. I did all of my science in the kitchen. Kitchen chemistry is my nice. favorite. So that's nice. awesome. I love it. So that's just like the basis of magnets. How does that apply to the Earth's magnetic field? Well, the Earth has this huge current moving beneath it called a convection current. So let me see if I can pull up a cool little image for us. Yeah, this these are the kinds of slides I would show, again, at school. You guys are getting all of the cool science-y stuff that I do on my day-to-day -day life. That's right. A little uh, sneak peek into the yeah, Jess experience. Love it. Um, basically, the idea is that our magnetic field is produced by the convection currents inside the earth. Remember, the earth is not 100% solid. It's got that molten magma of iron and nickel alloy kind of moving around as it's heated up, has lots of pressure underneath it. Uh, basically, to put it more simply, the earth's magnetic field is a result of the electromagnetic induction where the movement of the liquid iron in the Earth's outer core generates electricity. So the Earth itself generates its own electricity, which I think is pretty cool. That is amazing. Right? Yeah. And whenever you have an electrical current, you also have a magnetic field. So the Earth also has its own magnetic field. Perfect. Love it. And this all comes from... The fact that the stuff inside the earth is made particularly out of magnetic elements like iron. Iron would be considered ferromagnetic, which means that it can sustain a permanent magnetic field 
when an electrical charge is not being passed through material. Not all things can sustain a magnetic field. Like like my cup that holds my delicious <laughs> North Arrow coffee cannot sustain a magnetic field. <laughs> that would be very weird if it did. You don't want to <laughs> drink magnets. <laughs> Some advice today. Don't drink You're magnets. You're not supposed to? That's weird. It's weird, huh? That's weird. I don't recommend it. <laughs> as long as it, it can hold caffeine, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, content. Yeah. All I need is the caffeine dose. Yep. Little donation to save babies. That's what I'm here for. Perfect. <laughs> but this all happens because technically on the atomic scale, there are tiny little charges moving around. And these little charges, remember, are called electrons. See, we're hearkening back to the Is the Universe Real episode. So if you haven't listened to that, if you forgot everything about quantum mechanics, go back and listen to episode, what was it, three or four, something like that. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I think it was three. Yeah. Everything builds on itself in this show. That's right. We totally intend for that, too. Oh, yeah, 100%. We've mapped out every episode yes. since day one. We're so on top of it. So on top. People who are listening can't see us shaking our heads. I mean, like, no. we're if you can't flying. pick up on the sarcasm. We're definitely not flying by the seat of our pants. Never. Like, hey, this sounds good. That's mm-mm. Yeah, this sounds fun. Let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really cool how this does connect. Right? back to all of it and um we don't we don't even have to try it just does it all on its own (laughs) i think it's so fun how god kind of plants those seeds in us because the flood has come back a lot quantum mechanics is coming back it'll come back this week it'll probably come back next week yeah all these little threads that we're trying to tie together about understanding the universe Mm -hmm. i love it i do too One tiny piece of info I will review from that episode because, like, I can't go over all of quantum mechanics. (laughs) Just as a quick refresher, quantum mechanics involves the quantum numbers. This is basically describing how an electron sits in an atom. It doesn't sit, right? But, you know, basically describes how much energy it has, its angular momentum, or how it moves around the nucleus, the shape of that momentum, and spin. So we have the four quantum numbers. And particles with any sort of electrical charge, be they protons, electrons, quarks, whatever, have magnetic moments, which is to say that they, in and of themselves, behave like magnets. Everything's a magnet. Everything. Why do they behave like magnets? Mm. (laughs) They just do. They just, I love it when we get so deep into science that even the scientists are like, Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. it just is just go with it just, is. just trust I, the science yeah honestly though at some point like we we always say at mm-hmm. some point you have to take something on faith because you're gonna get to something you can't explain yep and this is this kind of where we are in quantum mechanics electrons are magnetic because reasons because, because. that's how the universe works <clears throat> yep yeah at and some go point <laughs> gotta go with yeah. it yeah exactly if only the they would trust a divine creator as much as they trust the because it does 
just because. <laughs> no, you're silly. <laughs> I know. I'm silly. What am I thinking? I'm so silly. <laughs> Science is definitely more trustworthy because we know so much more, right? right. Anyway. Our egos aren't involved in that at all. No, definitely not. Definitely not our egos. <laughs> okay. So these tiny magnetic electrons orbit around the nucleus. They're spinning around like crazy. And they generate orbital magnetic fields. And this is where the identity of the element becomes really important because most electrons are core electrons, which basically means you have the same amount of spin up and spin down electrons. Remember, think positives and negatives. If I have one of each, I get zero, right? Get something that's totally neutral. Mm -hmm. However, not all elements have equal amounts of electrons in their valence or their outer shell. This is especially important if those atoms have what is called a half-fill shell. So when we were talking about it on our uh, quantum mechanics episode, trying to get this image up here, help if I hit the right button when it, um, electrons have to occupy individual shells within a single spin before they can start being paired up. So if we look here at this orbital diagram, these are basically different elements from the periodic table. We have titanium, vanadium, chromium, manganese, iron. These arrows just signify the electrons in that outer shell. Notice that like zinc has all the arrows, all the electrons paired up. Super yeah. stable, super happy. But you get to things like iron. And iron's got lots of lonely little electrons kind of hanging out by themselves Manganese is like super unpaired. And the more unpaired electrons you have, the greater alignment of the magnetic field of an atom in that direction. So if you notice for iron, most of his arrows are pointed up. So iron's magnetic moment will be in that particular direction. Okay. Does and iron sense? is F-E. Yeah. Iron is F-E. Yes. Yeah. Just for anybody who doesn't remember. Good, good call. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> you know, okay. So Iron Man, female, because F-E, you know. I like that. Mm -hmm. All women are Iron Man. Move over, it. Tony Stark. Yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> Coming out you with chemistry. That's right. <laughs> and if we look at it on the periodic table... We have these little pockets on the periodic table of elements that are magnetic. So I know this image is kind of tiny. It's just basically just pointing out the areas of the periodic table where you find the most magnetic elements. And it has mm -hmm. to do with the fact that these elements have lots of unpaired valence electrons. And they have to be metals, right? Because metals right. are the one that engage in this behavior. Nonmetals do not. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So... Just kind of some background. Yeah. And if it's true for one atom, surely it's true for all the atoms in a substance, right? Because most materials are more than one atom. Right. Right. And so some materials can be magnetic on the atomic level, but on the macroscopic level, when they all come together, they're not magnetic just like how the unpaired electrons have to be oriented in the same direction in order to create that magnetic field, all the atoms have to be oriented in the same direction 
to create okay. the magnetic field. So if they're and direction is in their movement or yes. their okay, just double yeah, checking. Yeah, the direction of the field. So gotcha. we talk in physics a lot about vectors. I don't vectors is a lot, so we don't have to go into that. But I, I just think of it in terms of like up and down, like a compass needle. Like right? a compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had two needles that were pointed in opposite, opposite directions, you couldn't really know which way was north. Right. But all of the metal inside the compass needle is aligned to magnetic north. So you know which way is north. Nice. Think of that on the atomic scale. All of the atoms have to be aligned in a specific direction, magnetically speaking, in order for it to have a magnetic field. Got it. And some of this can be random. Some of it is not. Yeah, it can get kind of crazy. So, yeah, I think this picture kind of helps. Paramagnetic, it's like, yeah, the atomic magnetic fields are all over the place. Um, Sometimes they're in totally opposite directions, then you get something that's just totally not magnetic. But when they're all aligned in the same direction, that's when you get something that's ferromagnetic. And we call it ferromagnetism because iron, or ferrous, is most classically the thing that does this. Gotcha. And it's kind of nice. Iron is the example. Iron (laughs) is the example. The poster child for. (laughs) For magnetism. For magnetism. (laughs) Iron, the good magnetic element. Yay. And all that iron is spinning around underneath our feet and is super hot. So it it helps with the Earth's magnetic field. Yeah. Yeah. So just a few more interesting tidbits about the Earth's magnetic field. It. On the surface, it ranges from 25 to 65 microtesla. Uh, and this represents the field of the magnetic dipole as it's currently moving through the Earth. So I think this is really interesting because, oh, yeah, that's how you would align a magnetic field. That's kind of cool. Nice. Okay. So for anybody who's listening, oh, gosh, I don't even know how you would explain. You have a battery? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like an electrical charge mm-hmm. passing over a bunch of atoms that are all pointed in different directions. And as it passes over, it all aligns them in one direction. Nice, neat little rose. And then when it goes back, it's all chaos again. And then, yeah. Yeah. Nice, neat little rose. Awesome. I think that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, too much. I will get there, guys. We're, we're still learning the system. Okay. The Earth's magnetic field. Okay. I like this picture a lot because actually the Earth's magnetic field is not pointed at true north. It's at like an 11 degree tilt mm-hmm. with respect to the Earth's axis. So when people design compasses, they actually have to design them with this in mind. With the tilt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And the north geomagnetic pole actually represents the Earth's south pole. Because, remember, opposites attract. So Mm -hmm. your compass needle will not be attracted to the magnetic north pole. It has to be attracted to the magnetic south pole. Oh, gotcha. 
So just like some fun tidbits about the magnetic field. Hmm. That's like throwing me for a loop, but I get it. But that's just like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I just never would have thought of that. I love it. On my own. Yeah. So base babe says, wait, <laughs> so if you're iron deficient, does that mean you're less magnetic or charismatic? Hmm. That's my problem. You need more iron in your diet. I need more iron. Ah. Uh, we figured it out, guys. I figured it out. <laughs> Eothorian, you certainly have less potential for attraction. Damn. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Um, huh. So, yeah. The magnetic, uh, wh why do we care about all this? It's like, uh, she's throwing all the science stuff. Why do I care? The Earth's magnetic field is super important because it deflects the rays from the solar wind. If you didn't know, the sun is really freaking hot and that energy <laughs> is booking it. Yeah. So if we didn't have our magnetic field, the solar wind would strip away our atmosphere. Then, then we kind of need it. Just yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Kind of a big deal. If if you would like a little, because we like pictures. Yes. If you'd like a look at how the magnetic field protects you from the solar wind, here it is. Nice. Yay. Thank uh, goodness. That's not like a little bit of solar wind. That's like a huge, like, black. Gale force winds. Yeah. That, that's, that thing's coming at you. And it. It, it really would scalp off our atmosphere. In fact, this is what happened to Mars. We know this because we use Mars as a model for what happened to Mars's atmosphere. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Mars had small patches of magnetized crust and its magnetic field just kind of like weakened and weakened over time until it disappeared. And it wasn't long after that. Bye-bye Mars's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And now Mars is what it is. A desert wasteland. Until Elon Musk hits it terraformed, we're stuck here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I, I like it here a lot better than I'm sure I would like it on Mars. Mm-hmm. To mm -hmm. be perfectly fair. True. Yeah. True. So that kind of makes it important. So um, the problem is... Uh, our magnetic field is weakening. Wah, wah, wah. That's nice. No bueno. No bueno. So we can measure the magnetic field through three different ways, through intensity, inclination, and declination. Intensity, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Just like how strong mm -hmm. it is. Yep. Uh, just to, for like comparison, because I like these, a refrigerator magnet it has a magnetic field of 10,000 microtesla. The Earth's magnetic field is about 25 to 65 microtesla, depending on oh. where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> a difference. A bit of a difference. But, I mean, we don't want a magnetic field that is as strong as a refrigerator magnet, or we'd all be like, what? Stuck right. Here. Right. Right. There's too much magnetism. Right. There is such a thing. Yeah. There is such a thing. You don't, you want just enough to protect us from the solar winds mm -hmm. and then no more. And then we're good. And then, and then we're, we're good. good. 
Yeah. What was the second one? Sorry. Yeah. The second one is called inclination. And so this is basically the angular shape of the movement over the magnetic field. So you will often see the Earth's magnetic field kind of depicted like these ovals coming out Mm -hmm. of the Earth. That's just the angle of movement as like, if I'm looking horizontally out from the Earth, I'm imagining the magnetic field's angular movement. So just how how much it moves. And okay. we we have these. Do I have a picture of it? Yeah. So these circles kind of coming out from the pole, basically that angle of movement. So that's inclination. And then declination is the variation over time. So because the current of the molten core is not static, that also means our magnetic field is not static. So over the last 100 years, as you guys, or several hundred years, as you can see in this graph, it's changed a lot. It's moved around a lot. It's fluctuated a lot. We tend to think of magnetic fields as being static, but it's not. shifting moving all the time yeah it's shifting and moving all of the time mm-hmm. um so that brings me back to the original point that the Earth's magnetic field is not looking so hot these days. not looking so good i don't want to jump ahead yeah can you fix it <laughs> or do you just kind of can you slow it can you well so here's the thing they don't really know why the Earth's mm. magnetic field uh is weakening they suggest that the earth has undergone what is called a pole shift. So Mm. the idea that our magnetic North pole and our magnetic South pole will reverse polarities every several thousand years. Okay. Do you see that on a smaller scale in nature? You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. I didn't think so. So I did. So, how do you come up with that? I don't know if you know. Okay, but good question. Just, good question. Okay. So the idea is, so much of the minerals in the earth contain iron, right? And so if I have some of that magnetic core coming up from underneath tectonic plates, coming out of a lava flow, things like that, it will solidify. When it solidifies. The iron inside of that mineral theoretically has preserved the magnetic moment or the pole of that time. The idea is, is wherever the iron is aligned, it must have been aligned to the Earth's magnetic field, supposedly. Okay. I wondered if volcanoes and lava had anything to do with it. (laughs) And so theoretically... If I can use radiometric dating to date the age of that rock, then I could know the Earth's magnetic field at that particular date. And if you guys have listened to our show for any length of time. A minute or two. A minute or two. You know our feelings on radiometric dating. Right. (laughs) We're big fans. We're super big fans. Big fans. (laughs) <laughs> Not full of holes at all. No. Zero holes. Perfectly solid. 100% solid. Stable. 
theory. <laughs> the most stable of theories. <laughs> Come on. Nope, it, it just wants Bye, to traffic. I believe in you thing. <laughs> We're just going to go to all kinds of random things at this point. Yeah. yeah. You ever or, seen those um, movies or read a book where you have all these different snippets and then they all come together at the end. <laughs> that's what you guys just got visually. That's, Sorry that's for you audio is. listeners. I'm trying to get through to the image I wanted to share with everybody. Um, so we talked about atomic magnetic fields. We talked about magnetic fields in a sample. There's a greater thing called domains. So not even every section of a mineral will be aligned magnetically. Like we saw earlier that basically electric field passing over the substance, it was aligning the magnetic field in one direction. That's mm -hmm. because in different parts of the substance, the magnetic fields were aligned in different directions. So you would have to pass something over it to make sure it's all aligned in one place. That's how you would like magnetize something because not everything is necessarily magnetic. Could this right. not also be true for the rocks that you find out of a volcano that maybe their magnetic fields were aligned in different directions and mm. maybe not necessarily with the earth's magnetic field possibly crazy idea crazy idea that we definitely <laughs> see this in nature right. so doesn't help with the pole shift explanation not doesn't give that a lot of credence right yeah but hmm. we we have this very well confirmed force that we experience in the planet okay we know it's there we can test it we use things to measure it it's very empirical in the way we approach magnetic fields so now i'm in 100 percent jump ship and we're going to switch to ley lines yeah bye <laughs> we talked yeah. about magnetic fields i promise it's all going to come together at the end uh, yes. <laughs> all right. So hold but, on to all that. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. that you know everything about magnetic fields that you need right. to know and that the earth is losing it, don't worry about that, but just like hold on to it. Let's talk about <laughs> ley lines. Yes. Okay. Yay. Which is what I know everybody actually came here for anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling us out. <laughs> I mean, the nerdy stuff is fun, but let's talk about the weird stuff, right? Get into the weirdness. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so just definitionally speaking, these a ley line is a straight alignment that is drawn between various historic structures and prominent landmarks. And the idea of lays or straight tracks from one point to another was pioneered by the English antiquarian Alfred Watkins in the 1920s through his book, The Old Straight Track. And he's such an interesting character because in his book, he argued that straight lines could be drawn between various historic structures in Europe and that these represented the trade routes created by ancient British societies. Hmm. He, he developed this idea when he was at the site of a Romano-British settlement known as Black Care Dunn uh, in Hertfordshire. And he noticed that there was just this straight line on a map. Let me see if I have the map. I'm sure I do. Because I like pictures. Me too. Yeah, here's the map. Uh, basically, 
all of these landmarks, a croft, a hilltop, the site of a Roman camp, all in this nice straight stretch of line. And he would take this map to the top of a hill and see that there were other similarly aligned things. Hmm. And he thought that was like kind of weird. And so he went on this long journey throughout England in search of straight lines connecting different landmarks, mounds, camps, ancient churches. But this idea was never like really accepted by the archaeological community. Because it's like the the most logical path through anywhere is not necessarily a straight line, especially for prehistoric people. Like you expect those people to go over a mountain. Right, right, right. And going through it had been done, but not necessarily for no, you know, not just to be straight. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work out for the Donner Party, so... <laughs> it did. nope 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 it didn't it, it most definitely did not so it's not a happy ending nope. for anybody but what i like about his take is that it was very practical there was nothing spiritual about it it's just like hey look mm-hmm. people who were into trading and maybe uh were interested in traveling to a religious site would take straight lines that that yeah. was it it's like yeah do take straight line. I, this is what I see. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and people would talk about him as being like very empirical. That He was not spiritual at all. The dude helped like make photography big. He was a very prominent photographer before he ever got into this. But yeah. the thing that he's known for is establishing the history of ley lines. Uh, and that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he did so much and <laughs> so much. Could you imagine being like the guy who helped pioneer like important photographic techniques? Like he's the reason we had disposable cameras, but nice. nobody remembers you for that. They only remember you because some dude made ley lines and do like this spiritual pheno- phenomenon. And you were the first person to like mention it. Right. Like, Oops. Just observe the straight line. And sorry, Freddie, that's all you get. That's all you get. <laughs> and you think Twitter lives forever. Damn. No kidding. He's immortalized as <laughs> that guy. That guy. That guy. Um, so, yeah, obviously his idea was picked up by someone else. One of the first people to pick it up was uh, John or Tony Wend. He pulled ideas from a bunch of different people. There was this uh, French guy. uh, I'm going to butcher his name. It's like Aimé Michel, something like that. Something very French sounding. I can't do a French accent. I like it. (laughs) Thanks. Yep. Uh, He basically charted all of these UFO landings and this like Mm -hmm. grid shape called orthonines. I'm probably saying that wrong. Probably another French word. But yeah, lots of UFO sites, and it looked Mm -hmm. like they fell into a weird grid pattern. Uh, Another guy who wrote a book, Buck Nelson, detailed uh, his own UFO abduction. Like I said, we're getting super quacky tonight. Um, Yeah. And he claimed that the people who had, the people, the aliens who flew (laughs) the UFOs 
we're using the Earth's magnetic currents to navigate. Earth's magnetic fields again. Put a pin in that. Oh. And so Tony went, so saw, okay, magnetic fields, lots of UFO stuff. He read Watkins's book and is like, ley lines. It's ley lines. Something to do with aliens has to do with the ley lines in the earth. I'm like, hmm. okay. All right. Hmm. And, you know, this happened in the 60s when everyone was on, like, psychotropic drugs. <laughs> Their minds were freed. <laughs> they were so free, guys. So free. Uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, like, these people were hardcore, age of Aquarius, like, he started an organization called the Star Fellowship because he hoped to make peaceful contact with UFO occupants. Like I love this it. dude was something. Do you remember, that reminds me, do you remember Independence Day? Yes, because I watched it, like, three days ago. Yes. So, you know the girl who, the dancer, mm-hmm. who goes up on the roof with her, like, welcome sign or whatever. Oh, yeah, welcome to Earth. <laughs> and, and she just gets, gets totally vaporized. Vaporized, oh. blasted away. Blast. That's what it makes me think of. Like, Honestly, though. I know. Oh, what was it again? Star? The Fellowship? The Star Fellowship. Star Fellowship. Okay. Star Fellowship. Star Fellowship. Welcome to Earth. Right. Eothorian brings up a good point. Migratory birds use the Earth's magnetic field to navigate. That much is true. That's true. Lots of, lots of animals use the Earth's magnetic field for migration, navigation, all that sort of thing. I, I don't know how sold I am on UFOs. If you want more on UFOs, we have a sister show called Conspiracy Pills. You go there for <laughs> They'll that. They'll talk about it all day. <laughs> They don't get All PJ day. started. That's no why I took kidding. my show back. And then I started talking about aliens. You see what he did? You see what he did to my show? Mind manipulation. That guy. That warfare is just embedded deep. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Getting into every nook and cranny. Every single nook and cranny. <laughs> so one of the people, one of the members of the fellowship, not the fellowship of the ring. That would be way too cool. But the <laughs> star fellowship yeah. was a psychic named Mary Long, and she began to talk about these lines of force and nodal points, encouraging other members to set about in search of lays. So this is when the spiritualistic view of Mm -hmm. ley lines really began to Mm -hmm. get crazy. And it was helped in 1969 by John Mitchell's uh, book, The View Over Atlantis, where he suggested that there is a connection between the giant the Chinese dragon pass or feng shui and the greater world of ley lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can see the connection kind of, I'm, you know, right. If you're into it. Yeah. So it's basically this idea of geomancy, the idea that magic, like literal magic, like not dungeons and dragons. Ah, I roll a D 12 or like whatever. And, Boom, magic. <laughs> like, honest to God, probably like low-key witchcraft, occult sort of magic, magic. lies within the earth. Mm-hmm. And the earth itself is a spiritual being and that we, as both physical and spiritual beings, can somehow access this power by tapping into the ley lines somehow. Gotcha. Yes. 
the most interesting way of tapping into the ley lines that I've seen before and that I know PJ has seen before is through dowsing. Yes. Yes. Dowsing's weird, man. Dowsing gives me questions. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I've seen it too. I've I've done it. The, You've done the it same oh. way. Well, the same way PJ has. Like, okay, tell us the story. The, tell us the story. Yeah, so it's kind of the same story as PJ. Like, my dad came home from working. He was working for a fiber internet company, and they were trying to, uh, <laughs> you know, dig. <laughs> <laughs> they're putting fiber in the ground. So oh, they had okay. to find out where uh, pipes were and other cables and stuff, f- other fiber in the ground, where it all right. was. So this guy was like, yeah, I got to remember where my water well is, I think is was the story. And he took two. So the company that was doing the fiber internet, they had like the f- pole, the flags, the very thin metal. Right. And he took two of them and he just bent them so that they were like an L shape. And kind of tapped them together and just started walking around the property. And they were straight and they were straight. And then as soon as he came to the water, it the they, they crossed. crossed. They crossed. Ah! And he's like, oh, yeah, this is where it is. And my dad was absolutely fascinated. So he came home and he's like, we got to try it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. And it it worked. It was, uh, but he had, my dad also said that farmers did that all the time too. Like he'd yep. heard of it before farmers doing it, but he'd never. And then we get home and we're like, ah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the only experience I've had with that. Mm. That's crazy. Eosorian said he recently did some dowsing to find the water pipes and his septic yep. tank. That's it's so crazy. So for our listeners, if you've never heard of dowsing or you're like, what are these people talking about? Yeah. Dowsing is this practice of using a pronged rod to locate water, minerals. If you're super into it, like treasure, whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a magic metal detector, yeah. basically. Yeah. But works really well for water for some reason. I didn't find any treasure, just my, just my septic system. <laughs> I think that's why they also call it water witching, right? Because it was primarily used to find water. Mm-hmm. And this is a very ancient practice. Like, let me show you this crazy cave drawing. It's like people have been doing drawing. dowsing for a long time. There are questions about this particular cave drawing. It could be someone holding a, a pronged branch that looks like a, the original dowsing rod, which was just a forked branch. And depending on how you walked, it would either lean up or lean down. Um, or it, he could be holding a bow and arrow. I don't know. Your guess is as good know. as mine. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's very cool. It's interpretive. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but I like it. I do too. Oh, and it said that the Egyptians use something called pendulums. These things are weird. Mm. Um, so the idea is that you would allow these pendulums to swing and they would draw shapes in the sand and you could divine the future from it. This was also associated with dowsing. I've, I've kind of heard of this a little bit too. So one Ooh. more weird random story. Do I swear it. my family's not like into... <laughs> I mean, we know PJ, so. I think, yeah, enough said. But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
when I was, I think I had to have been eight. My mom was pregnant with my youngest brother. And so not PJ, but our youngest. And he, somebody came over and told us like, if you take a needle and you put, you know, thread through the eye of the needle and you hold it over a pregnant woman's stomach, Mm -hmm. whichever way it swings, if it's up and down or left or right means it's either a boy or a girl. And we tried it. I don't remember if it was right or not, but it definitely only swung one way. And we, and they held it, you know, like, yeah, hold it down and made sure it wasn't moving. And it, and then it started moving. Yeah. Stop. What the heck? I don't know what's wrong with us, but y'all got some weird spiritual stuff around you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, oh, wow. so there was that. That was what it reminded me of. It's random, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think, if we're trying to connect it logically, it kind of connects back to biblical times when Moses and Aaron uh, were leading, it, you know, them through the yes. desert, and God had them strike the rod against the rock, and water came out. Uh, you can find that in Numbers twenty. So there's biblical precedent. Mm -hmm. for knowing how to find water but it's so weird that it actually does work right yes exactly that that's what gets me like so much of this whole earth's mysteries thing is like like i'm gonna channel my positive energy to the earth man you know smoke my haitian oregano like (laughs) whatever yeah (laughs) (laughs) all of that Whatever. But dowsing is low key. Like, it's kind of scary how accurate it can be. Mm -hmm. And what is most telling to me is that even the United States military believed in it enough to use it during the Vietnam War to try and find weapons and locate the Viet Cong's tunnels. (gasps) Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, were they 100% successful? Right. No. No. But the fact that they believed in it enough to try it at all and that it had any measure of success is weird. I mean, the government definitely is not above using any type of weird phenomena to win. (laughs) Most certainly not. Yeah, Most certainly not. So it doesn't surprise. Did they use it for a long time? Do you know? Or was it just kind of like, man, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, it was more like, well, we haven't found them. So we might as well try something. You got to try something. Okay. Yeah. As a kind of like another aside to this, in 1986, 31 soldiers disappeared after an avalanche during an operation in by NATO and the Anchor Express in Norway. And their Norwegian army attempted to locate the soldiers using dowsing. It's like there's something to it, or they, or at least we believe enough that there's something right. to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a scientific explanation for like. I mean, some people, <clears throat> some of the arguments say the dowsing rods are tuned to the Earth's energy, man, aka ley lines, right? Right, And that precious metals or water will give off these strong energy signals that could be detected. Water, it carries... 
Does it carry how much of a charge does water carry? Does it? Water water has hydrogen bonding. I mean, water can carry a charge really well. That's why you got to be careful with electrical equipment around water. Yes. So, but it doesn't keep it. No. Right. Like it has to have a constant source, but in the ground with water has a very high specific heat. So it holds on to heat really well. Mm -hmm. I don't know about electricity. Right. But if you take the source away and it's yeah, it's not magnetic. But if it's in the ground, surrounded by all that iron, right, has the iron dissolved in it? I have questions. Yeah. So some claim that it's the magnetic interaction between the type of rod used and the material being searched for. Yeah. But you know, back in agricultural times, they just used freaking sticks. Yeah. Yeah, and they would not magnetic. Right. That's the thing, too. That's the thing. So when my dad was doing it, you know, it was metal, but he was saying farmers, like you just said, they would use sticks. Right. There's nothing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. But they said it worked. Yeah. It's so weird. Um, so when it comes to the water witching sort of dowsing, the scientific claim is that water is almost everywhere under the earth. It. People tend to think of water under the earth being like rivers. It's not actually like that. Water is Im- like deeply embedded in the rock. Uh, if you guys follow us on Twitter or Instagram, I posted this picture that I took <clears throat> at the yeah. National, what is that? The National History Museum or one of those Smithsonian museums that I saw while I was in Washington, D.C. And I was looking at the uh, geography display. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the word I'm looking for. And they had all these rocks and compared how much water could be held in each type of rock. Rocks hold a lot of freaking water. Yeah. A lot of water. That was insane to me. That picture. And, oh my gosh. I know, right? Yeah. And so if you're on agricultural land, like you're intending to grow something, you will more naturally be on land where there is more water abundant underneath the ground. Now, if you're doing this and it's you're out in the helpful. desert <laughs> and it still works, whew. but the fact that you guys found, what were you looking for again? Like a power line? He was just, the guy my dad was talking to was trying to remember where his septic and like the oh, water okay. was so they wouldn't hit it when they were. But see, that's even more specific because, right, like I could, I could shovel some well not around here because we got all the georgia clay but <laughs> if i if i went out into the pastures and did some shoveling i could probably find some water mm-hmm. but if you're looking very specifically for a septic tank so you don't hit it right that's wild yeah yeah uh so some folks have tried to hypothesize why the rods actually move uh, it's attributed to this ideomotor mo- phenomenon, words, um, <laughs> which is basically, you know, we, I can't sit still. I don't know about y'all. I, I cannot. I can, I would be like flinging them all over the place because <laughs> I have stupid energy. <laughs> um but it's just like our natural involuntary motion. So the idea is, is we're, we may not be thinking about it, but involuntarily we're doing that. 
again, doesn't explain the effectiveness. And I would say, like, because I did it, I'm holding these very loosely. Like, and I think that's a big reason why it's that when we did it, the L shape, so I could hold it really loosely. And it very, not firmly, but I could, oh, it sounds so weird now that I'm talking about it out loud. But it's like, it. I knew it wasn't me. Yeah, you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or at least that was what I thought. Because I was, again, very yeah. loosely and it was. <coughs> well, That's crazy. Know. It's so crazy. But you can see how the idea of dowsing gets really tied up with yes. the idea of ley lines, right? Because Absolutely. I mean, the the spiritualized idea is that it's all connected with the Earth's energy and yes. that the only reason they're moving is because it's tapped into the energy of the Earth. So for the most part, ley lines are like this deeply pagan, new age sort of spiritualism. Um, and like, just look at the name. Well, maybe. Did I put it up? Oh man, let me see. I'll I'll pull it up in a separate window because the names of these ley lines they have are just like absolutely bonkers. Mm. Who named them? Good question. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. So, oh man, it's all catty corner. <laughs> well, uh. I'll post it on Instagram that there's a ley line called the Apollo Athena energy lines, and it's a line directly through all of Europe and it connects lots of different spots in Europe, like all of these different cathedrals. And I mean, it's crazy. There's another one called the Michael Mary Hmm. ley line that specifically connects lots of churches that are either named after St. Michael or Mary. So, wow. I oh, mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. <laughs> and uh, the, the Michael Mary line is described as being this triple fold access composed of masculine, feminine, and spirit currents, which may be experienced by the practicing geomancer as containing information in the thinking, feeling, and spirit realms, respectively. Like, I, I just want to pause on that um, uh, for a moment. Like, obviously, deeply pagan, but the idea <laughs> of the masculine and feminine spirits being present in the earth. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to form a thought here, like, but I don't know how to say it. Like, you know, you see, I can understand the balance of things. Right. You you, you always know. have a positive with a negative. Right. But... Then you get into like right. the masculine energy, the feminine energy, and it gets a little trippy. It gets, yeah, it definitely gets to be a little trippy. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of how, you know, on Conspiracy Pill, they talk a lot about the pantheon of gods yep. and how there's always a male and female, and female. version. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was true in all of Greek mythology and all yep. of Roman mythology. You always have the pairing of male and female. And it's so interesting to me how in all of these pagan religions, there's always both. You can't have one God who is strong enough to hold it all. They have to have all of these little, little gods that can't even embody the fullness of one thing. You have to have a male and a female. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I mean, obviously part of it is they're trying to make themselves gods, right? So they want to see as much of mankind as they can in their idols. And none of us can stand alone without a partner. Mm -hmm. So why should their gods be able to, right? I don't know. I like that thought because you're right. It feeds into um, our hubris, our ego, and our need to connect with the not our need necessarily but the need of others to connect with those gods goddesses so on yeah. and so forth i like that line of thought yeah so this earth energy thing is strange uh i was reading articles that were talking about the difference between positive or clean energy and or negative traumatic energy. And I guess they're trying to attach specific sites with these types of energies, which is why like certain ones you go to and you get like all filled up or whatever. I guess like the really historical sites where they go and perform rituals or you go to like a place that is claimed to be haunted and that would have lots of negative energy attached to it. I, I just find it so interesting that we went from this idea that a lay is just a directional path <laughs> between ancient sites. And now it's this pseudoscience or spiritual new age, age of Aquarius, the star fellowship sort of thing. It has definitely evolved into something much right. more than just a straight line. <laughs> Poor Alfred. He had no Poor- idea. Well, Freddie, <laughs> just this guy just tries to make an observation. Right. That's all. And it's not to say that his observation was necessarily wrong. Lots of ancient no. sites can be connected through a straight line. But you know why? It's because ancients built their sites aligned to the stars. You know mm-hmm. what hasn't really changed that much? The freaking stars. You know, it stayed pretty constant through all these years. <laughs> now, the the Earth's um, tilt on its axis has changed a little bit, so it's not exactly the same as it was thousands of years ago. But we can see the alignment because of how it was previously aligned with the stars. Mm-hmm. And even then, they were trying to seek out times and seasons and signs by divining it from the stars. Right. So. Right. So how do these two things relate, these seemingly different things? Well, we did talk about dowsing, right? The idea that there is a connection between the magnetic field of the earth, the ley lines, uh, and how you can perform this geomantic magic sort of thing. I think ultimately there is this innate desire in the human spirit to notice patterns in life. There's... Also a desire to see connections through the world and an intuition that there is something unseen, that there's this universe, this energy that's connecting us all. Ley lines is kind of the 
fantastical version. Magnetic fields are more scientific, but no less fantastical. I mean, the idea that the Earth itself is generating this great force to protect us. It's more concrete, but it's still amazing. Yeah. And had to have sounded absolutely fantastical, like you said, when it was first realized or brought up. How crazy did that sound? Right. Right. Like, I mean. How amazing is that now? (laughs) One of the things I used to love, I love about reading old science texts is they were so deeply philosophical. So much of science is grounded in philosophy and daggum and I missed that. (laughs) Right. Right. I think that's necessary. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And I'm not saying that they're onto something with all the mysticism with ley lines, but I don't know. They've taken that magnetism had to have sounded kind of crazy, but now we can quantify it. And with ley lines, it sounds like it's just getting quackier. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least in this aspect of it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, There's this introductory quote to uh, Watkins's book from the poet John Macefield that says, and felt the hillside thronged by souls and seen who knew the interest in me and were keen that man alive should understand man dead. And I think this is just an innate desire to understand who we are and where we come from. We want there to be a connection between the present man and the ancient man. And we know there is a connection. We just don't understand it because the modern man has discounted the spiritual. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. And we try to trace our origins and our understanding through materialistic means. And when I When I say materialistic, I don't mean in terms of like acquiring stuff, but in terms of trying to understand things through like matter, like things we can exclusively see, feel, touch, and experience through the scientific method. Things in the spiritual realm are not things that science can really quantify. We're trying with magnetic fields, but even at a point when we get down to the atom, we're like, "Mm." Uh yeah, it's still unknown. Still it's an unknown. Still unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that metaphysics has tried to do things. That's where we get the trademark, the science. Right. You know. Right. Yes. <coughs> we try, but it doesn't really get to it because if we think about the essence of energy, whether you define it through physics or the Aristotelian idea of energia the ability to do work. We as humans, of course, have the capacity to do work. We get up and do work. We breathe in and out every single day. But the universe itself is also engaging in work, right? The second law of thermodynamics tells us that the universe is constantly expanding. The force of gravity acts upon our bodies. I mean, the electromagnetic fields, as we talked about, emanate from the core of our planet and shield us from the solar winds. So is it really crazy to think that the spirit does not do work. I don't know. Mm-mm. Maybe I'm getting too quacky. But but no. hear me out. We have two different types of energy, right? We have kinetic energy, the energy of motion. Like I'm doing things. I'm moving my hand because I can't sit still. That's kinetic. But we also have potential energy, energy that is stored. H- how do humans store their energy? I don't know. 
could that be in the spirit? I mean, we always hear from the new agey people sending you good vibes, man. <laughs> but that's just a form of like pagan prayer. They're sending their will out into the ether and hoping that something will be true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So you're saying we're kind of do the same when we, you know, I'm praying for you. Yeah. Uh, except ours actually works. But, but yeah, I mean, I, that was way too, uh, <laughs> big, but the Epicurean idea of empiricism is helpful, right? Science is helpful, but it can't be applied to everything, especially when trying to explain unseen phenomenon. I mean, I've mentioned on previous shows, I can't remember if it was this one or when I was on Conspiracy Pill, but I feel like the magnetic field is like the spiritual world leaking in and impacting the physical world. That's the thing we've left out of science. We've left the spiritual world out. It's a real thing. Yep. Something is out there. Something unseen that we can't explain and people are trying so hard to find a way to explain it that through literally anything except God. And that's where the pitfall is. Yes. Yeah. And so ultimately, I think we just need to be careful with the forces at work here, you know? Yes. Don't forget this plane is the playground of demonic spirits until Christ's return. I know on Conspiracy Pill, they just talked about sleep paralysis demons. I suffered through sleep paralysis most of my childhood. It's not a fun thing. Seeing demons is not a fun thing. That they're here, you know. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. It's it's a slippery slope in that you um yes, the spiritual realm is real and it's dabbling in things that we don't understand. Yeah. It's um it it is it's worth knowing, it's worth understanding to an extent Absolutely. and as much as we can. Right. In this in this, oh, uh, where we are as people, as humans, right. as, <laughs> as physical beings. And I, I get it, it's, it's hard because you can get so, you don't want to contradict yourself. And I don't think we are contradicting ourselves by any means, but you can talk about the spiritual realm. And I believe in it too. Like there is the physical world and there is the spiritual world and there's always spiritual battle going on. I mean, you, you look at Daniel and he talks about the right. spiritual warfare right? and it's like, there's so much going on behind the scenes, if you will, that we don't see. And it's almost, almost comical when people try to explain it without a spiritual viewpoint. And I think that's my point is just this, like our understanding is limited anyway, Right. And then when you don't have um, the biblical backing, when you don't understand really what you're delving into, what you're playing with, what you're looking at, it can be so, um, I don't know. It can be so, uh, well, you can go, you can make it almost anything you at that could. point. Yeah, You can make it so many things and that's dangerous too. And then your focus also shifts off of, what we really should be focusing on. And, and, and it's slippery slope for Christians too. Like if you get into demonology, angelology, yeah. things like that, I appreciate people who understand those things more, but it's also, a, I think, a slippery slope to, to really jump into that stuff because it takes your focus off of 
where it all comes from and where it all stems from and who's in control anyway. So exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it comes down to why we're seeking, who we're seeking after. Why are we yes. looking into this sciencey magic? Are we looking for God's fingerprints on all of creation? Are we marveling at how creatively he spoke the earth into being so that its core could protect the inhabitants from the solar winds? Or are we making ourselves or some other being out there to be gods, the gods of science, the planet, whatever? I mean, ultimately, this goes back to our point. There are no atheists. We all serve someone. Yeah. And are you going to serve <laughs> the God of the Bible? Or are you going to serve some pagan thing? Or are you going to serve yourself? Yeah. So that's magnetic fields and ley lines. <laughs> I love it. Yay. I'm so glad. Thank you guys for sticking around. This has been like super fun. Yeah. Like super what? fun. This has been super fun. It's good to be back. I feel like it was only a week, but I feel like. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, back to normal. I like back this. Back to normal. Yay. Back to the nerdy science stuff. Yes. And I love it. I love Yay. it. Thank you. And yeah. thanks for jumping into that because that's always – that's a tough um, – like I said, just – it's a tough one to like dive into because you can go really deep into that stuff and yeah, not get out. No. <laughs> I mean, kind of though. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Jess was brave. She did it. Oh, thank you. She jumped um, in. It, it's been super fun. And so before we go today, thank you guys so much for everyone sticking around. We will head over to the chat, hang out with you guys, look at some memes. I heard there's some memes yeah. for us to look at. Super excited to check out those. But before we go, I do want to make sure we announce the winner yes. of our giveaway. Uh, remember, we did our Independence Day giveaway on Instagram and Twitter. And our winner is Abby Kaiser. Yay! Ba -ba -da -ba. So, Yay, Abby! Look out for a message either on Twitter or Instagram. We'll reach out to you, send you some cool swag. Thank you guys so much for participating. And yes. don't forget that you can still use code freedom to check out all of our bonus content on locals. I hope to see you guys there. Yay. And then next week we're going to do more weird science yes. and talk about wave theory, ASMR and sound healing. I love this stuff. So I'm super <laughs> I don't know excited. how I got myself stuck on like this new agey spiritual, like kind of confronting that, but this is where we are. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Cause be there's, fun. we're going to talk about, I'm sure farmers will come up in this again. <laughs> At least I have more yes. stories based on this too. It's going to be well, good. We got to talk about climate change sometime. We got to talk <gasps> about agriculture. We got to talk about all, there's all kinds of stuff there. All the things, it's all, all the things. things. But now we're going to keep chatting with uh, everybody who stuck around in, in our Rumble chat. That's right. So thank you guys for listening and 